Hello, listener. My name is Matt. I'm the author of the story you're about to hear. Today's chapter is called On the Spot, because Tilda finds herself in a situation where she's uh, feeling a lot of pressure. And uh, she's supposed to do something really easy, something really simple, and everybody around her is telling her to do it and to hurry up about it. And that puts a lot of pressure on her. And uh, we'll see uh, how she deals with it, but... Kids and grown-ups, we find ourselves in scenarios like this all the time. Usually it's the kid being asked to do something that the grown-up thinks is really simple. You know, um, tie your shoes, put your clothes on, eat your food. And uh, the grown-up usually adds a lot of pressure to the situation by, you know, telling the kid, you're doing it wrong, you gotta hurry up, ah, we're, we're late. And uh, you can hear it in my voice. There's there's a lot of pressure there uh, being put on the kids. So uh, I'm talking to the grown-ups right now. Um, how can we do this better? How can we um, help kids without putting a lot of pressure on them? Well, it's uh, quite simple, actually. Um, scientists uh, have uh, developed a technique that we can use. It's called the Mickey Fart Technique developed, of course, by the world-renowned scientists uh, Dr. Gilda Mickey and Jane Fart. Um, and it works a little something like this. Um, instead of using this voice, you know, which is really gives a lot of pressure, yeah, you, uh, you use your Mickey voice and um, you punctuate your sentences and thoughts with, with a different sound. So I'll, I'll just uh, demonstrate it for you right now. So... You say, okay, kid, we gotta hurry up. We're uh, going to uh, be late if you don't hurry up. And, you know, put your shoes on right now and, you know, wear a jacket. And let's go. Come on. And um, science has proven that this technique is 100% effective in removing the pressure put on children by grown ups. So, um, let me know if you try it out. Let me know if it works for you. And also, let me know if you enjoy this next chapter of Tilda and Quatch Monster. Chapter 6. On the Spot. As Tilda stared up at the figure of the rat, or actually mouse, towering over them, she was reminded of their original plan. He's scared of people, Quatch Monster had said. Tilda wondered if that also applied to tiny, bug-sized children. Quatch Monster leaned over to her. Now's your chance to scare him! Tilda's heart was pounding. What can I do? I'm too small. The magical blob responsible for this whole mess just shrugged. Do something that people do, but scary! Like what? Gab Monkey put a paw on Tilda's shoulder. I've observed that typically people are doing things such as uh, talking about the weather, reading books, uh, putting on and taking off layers of clothing, things of that nature. If you just behave as a regular human, you'll scare the mouse. Under so much pressure, Tilda wasn't so sure she could behave like a normal person. Okay, she sighed, trying to think up an excuse, but he probably can't even see me. 
Well, I can fix that, Quatch Monster sang, snapping his fingers. Suddenly, Tilda was standing in a pool of light. Ladies and gentlemen, Quatch Monster bellowed, suddenly wearing a glittering top hat and holding a golden cane. I present to you a real, live, genuine human. The words echoed off the walls of the sewer. In the silence that followed, Tilda felt like a very unfunny clown at the circus. As the spotlight continued to shine in her eyes, she could see the mouse's long, twitching face start to take shape in the shadows. That ain't no human, he said, leaning in closer and sniffing. <laughs> That's just some kind of stinky bug thing. Would a stinky bug thing do this? Quatch Monster shouted, then gestured with pizzazz towards Tilda. That's your cue. And then... Tilda just stood there, not knowing what to do. So, uh, how about that weather? She shrugged nervously. Then her nose began to tickle and she sneezed. Achoo! Immediately, the mouse reared up and let out a high-pitched shriek. Ah, it is a human! Then he turned around and ran like lightning down the alley. After him! Quatch Monster screamed, twirling one arm into a lasso, which he looped around the runaway mouse's neck. With the other arm, he dragged his two friends along with him. As the mouse galloped down the sewer, the bug-sized companions sailed behind them bodies dangling at the end of Quatch Monster's long, gold-pink elastic arm. Ah! They cried. Then they took a collective deep breath and continued screaming. Ah! They skipped off the water, ricocheted off the walls, and more than once whipped over the mouse's head when he made a sudden turn. Finally, the wild ride came to an end, and a Quatch Monster cushion softened their landing with a poof. The mouse lay flat on his belly, catching his breath. What do you want? Quatch Monster snarled. Give me back my keys. I ain't got any. In a sudden puff of shimmering dust, Quatch Monster restored the three friends to their real size. The world of the sewer, which had seemed so big up until now, suddenly became small and cramped. Tilda sat with her knees against her chest, hunched over, her back scraping the ceiling. Gab Monkey was crouched between her legs. Squished between them and the walls on all sides was Quatch Monster. And the tiny mouse-sized mouse shivered in terror underneath them. Okay, okay, I'll take you to my stash, he squeaked. Once again, the friends changed size. They were now large enough to keep the mouse under control, but not so large as to feel cramped in the sewer. As they walked along the canals, the mouse began to tell them of the voot monsters who had been taking over, growing in both size and number. I seen one the other day that was bigger than a full-grown human, he said. They're really easy to make mad these days, the grown humans. 
I blame the internet. Who's the internet? Gab Monkey asked. Is that like a new kind of monster? Tilda was really confused. Where did you say you were taking us? She asked. Up this way is my stash, the mouse said, indicating a secret passageway partially hidden by a curtain of moss. Take whatever you want. The mouse then looked nervously at Tilda. If it's okay with you, I'd like to go now. Don't go far, Quatch Monster said, disappearing into the room behind the curtain. The mouse scampered off, then turned back and shouted over his shoulder, Just don't touch the cheese curls! Then he was gone. At the mention of food, Tilda's stomach started to rumble. How long have we been down here? She wondered aloud, her thoughts drifting back to her home, her parents, and her empty bathroom far above them. Gabby shrugged. Time is like water. I mean, water doesn't like time. I mean, my watch got wet a long time ago, so it's probably not correct anymore. Suddenly, Quatch Monster's voice could be heard laughing in the room ahead. Ha 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 Yes! Tilda plunged into the room behind the curtain and couldn't believe her eyes. The hidden cave was jam-packed with oversized treasures chocolate squares as big as books, cookies the size of pizzas, hard candies as big as basketballs. Hanging everywhere were humongous pieces of jewelry, long, colorful strings, and glimmering strips of plastic. Without thinking twice, Tilda grabbed the closest thing within reach, a huge green gummy bear, and bit down into it. For a moment she was in heaven, Never had anything tasted so intensely green. Then it hit her. She had bitten off way too much gummy bear. Ugh. I found one! Quatch Monster smiled, eyes filling with tears. Up over his head he held a giant silver key with a fluffy pink and blue ball dangling from it. It's the key to my bike! What about the rest of your keys? Tilda asked. Before the happy little lump could answer, a distant ringing sound pierced through the reaches of space and time. Somewhere far above them, the mouse timer was going off. Well, that's our cue, isn't it? Quatch Monster said, jamming the oversized key somehow into his hidden pocket. Then the furry pink creature wrapped two elastic arms around his friends, gave them each a big wet kiss on the cheek, and walked them back to the moss curtain. Thank you both. I'll see you again soon, okay? What do you mean, you'll... But as Tilda crossed the threshold of the doorway, she found herself suddenly alone, standing on her bathroom mat, staring at her reflection in the mirror. Her friends were gone. Hang on, I'm going to say that again in case you weren't paying attention. Suddenly, Tilda was not in the sewer, but standing in her pajamas, bare feet on the bathroom floor, looking at her own reflection in her own bathroom mirror. 
And Tilda was so relieved that she laughed. And that's when she noticed big chunks of green gummy bear still stuck in her teeth. She reached with a shaking hand for her toothbrush and realized it had been replaced with a new one, nearly identical, except for a tiny silver button on the handle. She pressed down on it and out popped a dozen robotic arms which cleaned, flossed, rinsed, and buffed her teeth in a matter of seconds. Then, Tilda's father walked in the door and turned off the mouse timer, which was still ringing. Tilly, what happened? he said, sitting down on the toilet lid and looking her in the eyes. Dad, I can explain. We are so sorry, her mother said from the doorway, cradling her sleeping baby brother. Have you been in here the whole time? Tilda just smiled. Where else would I be? Good point, her dad laughed. Did you change the settings on this timer? I thought I set it for just a few minutes. No, Tilda said hesitantly. Hmm, weird. Anyway, your teeth look great. Tilda had never been happier to see her parents. She gave them both a hug and let herself be carried over to the soft, cozy futon in her room. They lay together, the four of them, reading familiar books and singing slow, beautiful songs, until Tilda gradually drifted off to sleep in her mother's arms. That wraps up this episode of Tilda and Quatch Monster. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating or review and help us spread the word by telling people about the show. I want to thank Bjorn Leza for recording and producing. You can check out Bjorn's German language kids music at flunkmusic.de. If you want to get in touch with us directly, write us an email at quatchmonsterpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. We hope you join us again soon for the next chapter of the story. 